As we continue talking about the topic of suffering this week, I'd like to read for you an interesting Bible passage. It's from Psalm 119. It goes like this. It was good for me to be afflicted. It was good for me to be afflicted. It was good for me to suffer. Doesn't sound right, right? Um, today and tomorrow, I want to talk a little bit about the context of Zephaniah, which gives us some insight into why that passage is in the Bible and why God believes it's good. So Zephaniah was given the job of going to God's people and telling them that they were about to lose everything. They were going to suffer in a lot of ways. They were going to lose their homes. They were going to lose their families. They were going to be separated from people they love and in many cases, never get those things back ever again. And the reason why is because the Babylonians, the Babylonians were going to come in and they were going to take them away from their homes. They were going to overtake the place where they lived and it was going to be, it was going to be a lot of pain. And what was the real reason that was going to happen? Um, it was going to happen for the same reason that a dad recently forced his 10-year-old daughter to walk five miles to school on a 36-degree winter morning. So his, his daughter had been riding the bus to school every day, and, which, was a, which was a normal thing. But she got kicked off the bus for bullying another kid. And this was the second time it happened, so now she lost, she lost her bus privileges. She was not able to ride the bus any longer. And so when she came home and told Dad, you know, he's, she wasn't surprised that Dad was disappointed, but she was surprised by Dad's response. You know, Dad looked at her, and uh, when, when she said, Dad, you're going to need to drive me to school now, he looked at her and said, you know, honey, Riding the bus is a privilege, and it's one that you lost. And, uh, and just to impress upon you the seriousness of this privilege, I'm not going to drive you to school. I'm going to make you walk the five miles to school just to teach you a lesson that this is something you need to take seriously, and, uh, and you didn't take it seriously enough this time. And so, uh, and so that's what happened. He, um, she, he made her walk five miles to school. He followed in a car, driving as slowly as she was walking, and videotaped the whole thing, make sure that she was, make sure that she was safe the entire time. But it was, uh, he wanted to teach her a lesson. And that's really the real reason that God's people were going to be going over to Babylon. Not because the Babylonians were such big bullies to them, but because it became obvious to God that God's people had stopped looking at their relationship with him as a privilege. The book of Zephaniah has three chapters, and in the first two chapters, God does a really good job describing what was going on in the lives of his people at that time. They had, they had stopped worshiping him. They were they were grabbing, as, you know, spending their money on as much stuff in this world as they could find and not spending any time or money worshiping him or praising him. They were quick to complain when things didn't go their way. They were arrogant. They were gluttonous. They were just, it was, uh, it was obvious that God did not mean more to, um, that God didn't mean so much to them. And so God took all of those things away by forcing them, by having the Babylonians come in and take them away from their homes. They lost all these things that they, that they had such a tight, that they had such a tight grip on uh, because he knew that his people had an expectation. They were expecting that God wasn't going to care about it. But he did. Um, so much so that he had the Babylonians come, Babylonians come in and take it all away so that they would uh, lose everything that they had such a tight grip on and learn just how quickly we can lose everything in this world that we want to hold on to so tightly. And also, so that they could realize that if the thought of having or holding something in this world is what has the biggest control on our heart and our, and our emotions, then that means that God is not the one who has the biggest control on our heart and on our emotions. And if God is the one who does not have the biggest control on his heart or on our emotions, if his, if his word is not the one thing, the primary thing that is leading us through life, leading us through our, uh, through our decisions and even through our feelings, then we're not really following him. 
We're following something else. We're following something different. And if we're not following the one who created joy, who created paradise, who created happiness in the first place, then no matter what other path we are following in life, whatever it is that we're pursuing, we're never really going to find it. And God knows that we become guilty of the same thing as his people so easily. That there are so many things in this world that distract us. And we say, I wish I had that, or I'd be happy if I had this, or my life would be better if, you know, if, if in this troubling world we have, uh, we have a lot of different things that we can fill, that we can fill in that blank. And God knows that it distracts us from him very, very often, and so he's kind to us by allowing us to suffer in this world so that we can learn more about who he is. The, um, Zephaniah in chapter 3, the last chapter, after telling God's people that they were going to lose everything they had, that they were going through a lot of pain and they were going to go through a lot of suffering, he said something that you might find a little surprising. He told them to sing, like delightfully, sing, daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. God took everything away from the Israelites. He allowed them to suffer so that after they lost everything that they thought they needed, they would realize that there was still one thing in their life, and that was God, who had not lost hope for them. A God who had taken away their punishment, which is exactly what God does for us in Jesus, who had turned back the enemy, which is exactly what God does for us, uh, for Satan and his temptations, and a God who has promised to be with us always which God very definitively showed on the cross of Jesus when he had the chance to give up on us. But he chose not to. He chose to be with us always to the end. Psalm 119, the first passage that I ended up, uh, that, I, that I started with today, where it says, it was good for me to be afflicted. The full passage goes, it was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. God knows that we have much to learn about him, much to learn about our own hearts, that we contribute to our own pain quite often. And so he uses suffering to serve us well, to help clarify our vision and to help us see that the one thing that always remains in our lives, no matter what we lose, ever, whatever else we ever lose or gain, is a God who will not give up on you for any reason. Hey, it's Pastor Mike. A really small step that could be a really big blessing to our ministry and to the kingdom of God is you taking just a second to rate and review this podcast. You probably know how algorithms work. More people get to hear about this podcast and most importantly, hear about Jesus when you do. So thanks for helping us out and may God bless you today.